Attention, please. The show starts in 10, 9, 
53 days from the kickoff of the season, guys. Next week, of course, as I just mentioned, is SEC Media Days. Did any of you watch the home run derby last night? No one can tell me the balls aren't juiced. They are. But P.J. Morlando won it at the high school ranks, South Carolina's 2024 commitment. Um, more than likely, he'll never step foot on campus. But uh, he did hit eight in, what, 60 seconds or something like that last night. So congratulations to him. With all that said, good afternoon. Morning to Phil and good morning to UNLV's biggest running rebel, JC Schubert. <laughs> morning. Good to be here today. Uh it's been a big talking day today so far. I don't know how much I'm gonna have to say today. So that's uh <laughs> got up, did the gunner show, that went off the rails pretty quickly. Oh god. Um I canceled on mine my- on Monday. I, I pulled Bro, a JC. I, I don't blame you after driving back from Delaware. Yeah. I, w- I, I would, I I would I have canceled that in advance. I'm doing but, it uh, tomorrow, but I can't I'd forgotten it. about it. And I was up and grinding away on some important Carolina Rise stuff. And uh, I, I saw the tweet and I was like, man, that's going to take an hour away. And luckily for me, Nat worked from home today because I would have had carpool and everything else. And then we recorded a JC and Morgan with Aaron Murray and uh, didn't get all the way through that one, so got to come back and do that again. I got Spurs Up show after this. It's been a long day for me so far. I'm sure I'll have a lot. I'll, I'm have some things to say, but it's just uh, just one of those Tuesdays, guys. One of those Tuesdays. It's bingo night tonight, so maybe uh, maybe this will lead me to bingo night. Who knows? Well, you go. best of luck to you and Nat as you navigate your way through the deadly. <laughs> Old women of bingo night up there in Chicago. You know those are the ones that drug us to Dirk's Bentley. That's right, right, crowd. That's that same crowd. We don't have. I don't have have that many friends that you know that we hang out with, right? But uh, that's that same crowd. You know, bad influences on all of us. That's what it sounds like. It's terrible. Yeah, I mean that Dirk's Bentley thing was. Yeah. I'm over here uh, working the hell out of this little hamster in this wheel trying to uh, get all kinds of stuff uh, going on (laughs) this computer this morning. I've been funneling (laughs) stuff at you for the last, you know, uh, six, well, almost 24 hours, I guess. So your computer's probably like, okay, don't accept any more emails from this guy. (laughs) And look, right now, you know, I'll be honest, things are not going all that swimmingly in recruiting. Uh, Mm. You know, uh, just to be honest, well, that happens. There's you a long ways to go. You always are going to have the lull uh, in recruiting. You can't stay. I mean, like I said yesterday. Oh, there I, it goes. Sorry. I go Patrick on the radio in Tuscaloosa every week. And <laughs> like we in March, they ask me, you know, why is Alabama 20th? And I'm like, it doesn't matter. You know, so mm. uh, I get it, though. But there, there are just some decisions that straight up aren't going the Gamecocks way. I'll tell you this right now nil is a big factor mm. with several of them so i don't know what the answer is there um you know i just uh well it's july too we got to remember that i mean most of these guys they don't sign till december they don't sign till february you know there's a day there's a time in day jc you know all too well hey, yeah you, you didn't look up and have 13 15 20 commitments in july you know, there's just so much. That could, and how many of these guys that are committed now are going to get into the season? They're going to take visits. They're going to decommit. You know, there's just a lot of stuff to go. Maybe one. Yeah. 
Well, I'm, I'm talking about I'm I talking mean, about across the country. I'm talking about just oh, across the country. country. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I don't know. You know, I, I think I'm not saying that they're not going to get Daniel Hill. Um, I I believe that's where he wants to go, but you know, they're battling someone in his inner circle that wants him to go to Bama, and they're battling proximity there. I think they're going to get Jonathan Taylor. Uh, I maintain they're going to get Dylan Stewart, uh, Liam Andrews. All of a sudden, there's predictions to Penn State. Um, NIL situation yeah. at Penn State's better. And look, I'm sorry, you're going to hear this. Uh, and and I think, I guess what's gotten to me a little bit this morning is with Keelan Adams, Justin Stepp was taking a lot of heat from some people in the message board, you know. And first and foremost, Justin Stepp's totally revamped the uh, receiver room since he's been here. I think he deserves a lot more credit for that. Uh, I know he lost Antonio Williams. I know people weren't used to that. Um, but unlike Lance Thompson, who kind of went into recruiting shell when he lost Xavier Thomas, Justin's come back and landed some guys. It doesn't really matter where you get them from. Um, I thought, you know, Keelan Adams, obviously there was reasons that South Carolina felt very, very good. And once he commits to Virginia Tech this week, I will tell you those reasons. But that's an NIL deal, period. Now, could it be that Virginia Tech kind of like really, really needs him? And so the NIL money, there's just stupid. Yeah, I think that program needs to keep good players in state right now. I think they, you know, you talk about momentum, they've lost it. But that kind of gets to me. Guys, I'll be honest, we're beyond the point where it's just coaching. Now, there are some coaches that need to recruit better, period. Um, One in particular, I'll say. But, you know, the days of just blaming coaches for everything and athletic directors or whatever are over in college athletics. I mean, that's the hard reality, period, you know? Um, and so I, I think everybody needs to kind of take a step back and realize, like, look, uh, it's a new it's, – it's not just as simple as it used to be where, oh, if we fire this guy and hire this guy, are the, are the saviors going to come arrive, you know? <laughs> Cause that's not going to happen. And so uh, I just, you know, I, I know it's disappointing. It's disappointing as hell to me too, but this notion of coming, getting all over coaches and blaming coaches for everything. Those days are over in college sports. And the sooner everybody realizes that the, the happier we're all going to be, because frankly, you know, it kind of chaps my butt a little bit when a coach is out there doing everything he can to get a guy and under normal circumstances, he would, and he doesn't through no fault of his own that, that he catches all this crap when I know for a fact he's working it. And so that's got, that's kind of got me today. I'm just like, man, of all the people, Justin step, I mean, he, he re- rebuilt his room faster than anybody. And it's not like he didn't sign five good ones last year. And he has uh, a good one in Mazio Bennett committed. He's got another one, Jonathan Paler on the way. I fail to see the need to sign 15 receivers that have to be four stars that are from out of state or wherever. And keep this in mind, too. Steve Spurry Jr. coached how many All-Americans at the school in 10 and a half years? Mm-hmm. How many of those were out-of-state four- and five-star guys? How? Name them. Actually, uh, none. None. Yeah, out-of-state guys, three-star guys, sure. But the big-time yeah, Farrow Cooper, A. Sanders, all three-star yeah, guys. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I don't know. It's just got me kind of down today I, I, about that because I 
I don't mind people criticizing coaches. I'm not all sunshine and rainbows myself, obviously. But I think fair is fair, and people need to wake up and understand we're in a new reality in college sports. And it's not as simple as just, hey, blame the coach anymore. Can't do it. Can't do it. You know, in some cases you can. But, you know, some cases it's just not like, oh, coach, coach, coach. And I think that's happened around here, honestly, even in the old times way too often. You know, uh, I think that uh, it's not always as simple as the savior AD or the savior coach or whatever any any of you out there are thinking. So, um, anyway, don't mean to preach. I'm just saying that uh, things things are there's there are going to be some decisions that don't go the Gamecocks way, and you just got to live with it, and move on. And you know, I, I, I just don't, I think in a lot most of them, it, it isn't time to jump all over the coach. Um, whereas in the past, uh, you know, yeah, there's been a lot of coaches around here that have refused to recruit and they don't recruit well and don't do their job. But, you know, in some of these situations coming up, that's not it. And that's unfortunate and it sucks. It makes me sick because that used to not be college sports, but that's the reality. So I'm done. Well, <laughs> South Carolina right now currently sits in the top 15 and, uh, and recruiting and we'll, Obviously, see what happens over the next few weeks as big names are set to drop. As you mentioned, Jonathan Paylor, uh, one of them, Dylan Stewart, one of them. We'll see what happens with Liam Andrews, Daniel Hill, and so on and so forth. They will, of course, continue uh, plenty of recruiting through the season and into the fall and into signing day, which has become the big one in December. It's crazy. I kind of feel like they'll still – I mean, they have a very quality class. It's just small on numbers right now, and you can always go hit the portal, but then – you know, when you talk about NIL, NIL is like 10 times more important now in the portal, and it's called up. It used to – like the first time go around in the portal where they got Juice and Spencer and those guys, you never heard about it. This next time around, you hear about it more. It's like basketball now. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and so that, that they lost several guys from the portal because they just couldn't compete. Uh, and it's not necessarily schools that you would think – it's not Texas – <laughs> you know, yeah. Um, and so that that's the deal there. But, uh, you know, they'll just go on the portal and get guys. They're good at finding players. I, I think, you know, all is not lost. Carolina's probably going to win some games this year. You know, I, I, I just – right now, though, just to be honest and, and straight over tackle with everybody, you know, I, I'm not uh, I'm not Mr. Sunshine and Rainbows here. There are going to be some decisions that do not go Carolina's way here in the future, and it's going to be unpleasant. But uh, – don't let don't let it want you to don't let it make you want to burn down the whole castle. How about that? And I'll leave it at that. Football season's around the corner. I sure as hell hope people aren't getting depressed about freaking recruits that aren't going to be here for two or three years. They got a lot of ways to fix it. They'll they'll get it fixed. Uh, we do need to hit a uh, quick timeout. When we return, though, uh, plenty is on the agenda. Again, hopefully, it's a two TV day for you if you're working from home or working from the office and you have two screens. You uh, get to watch the takeover. You get to watch us. Uh, Petri has already left the yard. For those of you that may have forgotten that that happened back in April, I doubt any of you did because the ball never landed. Um, but when we get back, guys, I, I, I have to – I got to lead off with something. I watched one of the best movies I've seen in years last night. It just came out. If you haven't heard about it or haven't seen it, it is a absolute must-watch. But I'll wait and tell you what it is. On the other side of the oh. break, hang tight. Inside the Gamecocks, the show painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. We'll be right back.
Welcome home. That's what the Gamecocks say. And so does the Barn Doe Company, where they can build your dream home starting as low as $160 per square foot. If you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or Tennessee, their turnkey process takes just four to six months on average and can be custom designed by size and details. Make your dream a reality. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barn Doe Company. Gamecock. Owned and operated. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring to you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. Tee it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show garnet and black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox! You heard Evan Stone Gamecock fans 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. Justice. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show. To answer your question, JB, yes, if my computer were uh, <laughs> doing what it was supposed to. <laughs> uh, first, first hour of the show brought to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team. Uh, tried to t- we're tightening up the brakes a little bit there, y'all, so please forgive us as we... Uh, and kind of experience some uh, growing pains. But give Cindy a call in the upstate, 864-414-5271 for all your upstate residential real estate needs. Many of you have reached out to her, and hopefully many more will continue to do so. She's one of the best, and she'll be happy to take care of you. All right, so, Craig, no, I'm not watching Daisy Jones and the Six. I want to watch that. It's on the It's on the list. Sound of Freedom, can't wait to see that. If you have not heard of the movie Champions, starring Woody Harrelson. It is absolutely phenomenal. It is hilarious, but it's heartwarming and serious, but then there's it's got I don't even know how to explain it. It's he he's um a basketball coach who was fired and then uh gets in some trouble and has to take on the role of head basketball coach of a special needs basketball team. And it is absolutely fantastic. You have to rent it and I think on Amazon Prime, I th- they've got a deal right now because like Prime Days or whatever it is. So I, we rented it last night for two ninety nine. It was worth twenty two ninety nine. Uh, if you can rent it, watch it. It is 
no doubt one of the better movies I've seen in a long time. And at some point in time, I'm going to have to stop and think about this from a sports movie standpoint, but it's going to climb the ladder quickly. It is so good. And Woody Harrelson is one of the best actors ever. And he's like a big basketball guy, obviously, going back to to, uh, White White Man Can't Jump. Can't Jump. You know they remade that? I'm not a fan of all the remakes. Hollywood ran out of ideas years ago. I tell you, uh, there there are a couple of movies, though, that do look interesting coming out that Apple has funded. Um, the first one is a, uh, a Martin Scorsese film that's coming out, and it is called uh, Killers of the Flower Moon. It's a Native American movie with Leonardo DiCaprio and Ooh. Robert De Niro. That will be and where is that? Uh, that's, uh, it's an app. Apple produced it, but it's going to be in theaters in, in October. It's oh. called uh, killers of the flower moon Scorsese film looks really good. Go watch the previews. It looks really solid. If you, if you like native American movies and sort of, you know, I don't know. It looks really good. And then, uh, Joaquin Phoenix is playing Napoleon in another Apple movie. It's like this epic about Napoleon Bonaparte, and it actually looks pretty good. So those are just previews. Um, <laughs> uh, and I, I, I think good. My, my, Mike Morgan well, and I talk about this. Mike Morgan and I talk about this all the time, that like Hollywood's days are over, that like television is like so much better because of streaming and shows and stuff like that. And I tend to agree, you know, because we talk about movies on that podcast all the time, and we normally – you know, anything made past 2012, we don't really even talk about. I mean, so, uh, but th- those look promising, but uh, that, that Champions movie, see, you got to find the hidden gems. Uh, it's almost like recruiting without any NIL money, like the Gamecocks are doing. Uh, you got to go find the hidden gems. So maybe that's what the Gamecocks have to do moving forward if they strike out on all their remaining targets this summer. Well, the, the Champions movie, I'm telling you, it is absolutely – as soon as you can watch a movie, watch that movie before you start watching another one. I promise you, you won't regret it. It is everything about the movie is fantastic. Everything. And what do you have? And K- one of the best. Yeah. I, I love him. And KFC, I get it on, on DiCaprio. I understand, but he's still a hell of an actor. I don't really care. I don't really care that what he thinks. And, and you know, I don't really get my political leanings or, or my intelligent, uh, you know, uh, theories on life uh, from an actor. Uh, I don't just like I don't give a damn that Tom Cruise is a, is a, is a Scientologist. I could care less. Uh, I just want him to entertain me, and Leo is, is entertaining. I used yeah, to hate him. Hell of an actor. Uh, yeah, back when he was what's eating Gilbert Grape, thought that was stupid. Thought Basketball Diaries was atrocious. Hated Titanic. But after that, he started digging into some yeah. roles, and he's been really good. So I liked what's I could care Gilbert less. Grape. And in fact, don't bring that up, you know, when I'm sitting there talking movies, because I don't care. If you think I'll, I'll talk politics all day, every day, on a, did a different format, a different show, and I'll probably agree with you, but I don't give a damn if Leonardo DiCaprio thinks the world's ending and flies around on a private jet and thinks the world is ending because of the emissions that the private jet put out. You know, to me, that I don't care. I'm talking about movies here. So anyway. If you think um, about what's eating Gilbert Great, DiCaprio and um... – Johnny Depp are both pretty strange birds, you know, but they were both in that movie back in, when did that movie come out? 1990. Oh gosh. What? Four, five. Somewhere in there. 
94 or 5? I thought it might have been before yeah. that. 93. Yeah, it was before that because Titanic yeah, was 95. Yeah, because I remember in high school. I think like, I was really jealous nice. of him in high school because all the girls liked him. It was kind of like why I didn't yeah. like New Kids on the Block when I was in junior high. Yeah. Well, I remember when I was younger, everybody made fun of Leonardo DiCaprio, but it kind of worked out for him. Uh, whatever. Uh, yeah. You think? Whatever. Uh, whatever <laughs> nah, he's actually is. got some talent. Contrail says, what point does fan burnout become a real factor from NIL collective payments, rising ticket prices, and club departments need donations? Feels like the onus is on the fan more than ever. I'm going to put it this way. There's 16,000 members of the Gamecock Club that pay hundreds of dollars a year for seats and all that. Um, we need 999 on my end to pay 18 a month. So... I don't know. You tell me. I think that's a small percentage of those that are being asked to do things. And I'll flip it around. Do I think it's right? No, but it's not It's not anybody's fault. It's the NCAA's fault. Because they won't let the, the, the university. So it's up to, it's really honest to God for the first time up, up to the fans. And that, and that you can flip that around and say, that's a good thing. Because for the first time ever, you sort of control your own destiny. I mean, how many times have you given all those hundreds of dollars and some clowns in charge, and you can't do anything about it because they can't get any players. You know, now you can kind of help people along. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I, I just, I get it, and and I love the fans, and I, you know, I love you if you give money to Carolina Rise. I love you if you watch the show. I love you if you join the Big Spur, and, and if you don't do any of the three, I love you anyway. I love Gamecock Nation. That, that's not what this is about. I'm not browbeating any of you guys. I'm just telling you the reality of the situation. Um, and I knew this would happen because as soon as everything, sometimes around here, as soon as things get better, they start get they, they all of a sudden take a turn for the worse uh, because people get complacent. That's just the nature of a lot of schools. And one step forward, two steps back, kind of thing. Is there a, a competitive advantage that some of these other schools have? JC, yes. outside of, you know, just more people giving more money? Like, now, is there Texas, any institutional advantage? Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Well, you know, in Texas now they passed a law where you get points, like on your whatever their version of the Gamecock Club is, and, and only a and M's really doing it. The rest are kind of, you know, hesitant. But, uh, you know, I, I just, you know, yeah, I, I, I get it. You know, if you guys feel like, you're, you know, paying too much or whatever. That's fine. I mean, I, I, but, but it sort of just is what it is. And uh, like I said, running the numbers, I don't think that that's a large percentage of those that give, and I don't think that it's that, you know, too, too steep of a dollar amount for most people. For some it is. And, and I understand that, man. I, like I said, no love loss here. I'm not browbeating this great fan base. I'm just telling you the reality of these situations. If you want to know why South Carolina may not get the rest of the recruits on their board, it's NIL. <laughs> and, you know, being kind of in the thick of it and knowing what's out there, you know, yeah, it, it's it's tough. And I wish it wasn't that way. But there's power in numbers, and the more Gamecock fans that, that kind of can pitch in, and like I said, not a high percentage of them, the, the better off recruiting is going to be. Uh, but I, I just, uh, you know, just looking at it, it's just, uh, you know, it's one of those things where they're behind. 
and all that good stuff. Uh, I don't know where where'd Jamie go. I have no idea. He just kind of disappeared. I didn't kick him out or anything, so he should be able to get back in here. But yeah, it just <laughs> just goodbye. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a, you know in the nil space. I understand where it's coming from. I, th- I think that you know it's perfectly. Yeah. I think it's a great situation for some of these kids to be able to make money off of their name, image, and likeness. But what it's turned into is this free-for-all. And like you said, like you just said, it's the NCAA's yeah. problem. They started it. They, you know, kicked they the can down the road. It. Yeah, and wouldn't do anything. And now they're trying to, you know, put the toothpaste back in the tube. Uh, and it's not going to work without there going to be some drastic changes. And it's going to involve having to get, you know, government... <laughs> and all this other crap going on uh, before it, 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 you know, kind of settles down. But I don't know. I mean, how it's got to be hard from a perspective that you can't coordinate with the university as an individual collective in such mm-hmm. a manner that, you know, it was like, you know, where to distribute, you know, the resources, right? That's, I mean, it's got to be infuriating on your end because it's like, okay, you can't just go up and say, okay, what do we need? And where can we, you know, and, and, and yeah. what's it going to take? We get it? Yeah. Uh, Craig, you said a thousand. Actually, that's 216,000 and you put it on top of what we've got. Uh, and that's individually. Um, I've also got a plan in place. And I'll just tell you guys this right now with, uh, with Carolina Rise, you know, what you have to start doing is giving people something in return. Uh, so the individuals, the 1801 club members, we're going to start, you know, coming up with some benefits. You know, if I have to come out of pocket for it or whatever, maybe some rewards program, a points program, whatever. Uh, you know, we're going to kick back up the monthly drawings. Uh, and then business-wise, I'm starting uh, something called GamecockBusinessGuide.com. And we need 100 businesses to come in for 500 a month, and 500 to come in for 100 a month. It's not that much. We're talking about advertising and things like that. And if we get there, we'll have plenty. <laughs> Trust me. And uh, and all that. Now, do, Xavier says, do I wish it was just sign autographs, make appearances, whatever? Yeah. I wish it, it was just easier, like that. There would be no need for collectives. <laughs> but the right. NCAA didn't do that. I mean, and then, and then you know, people are going to find loopholes and, and things like that. Also, if you read it, and look, I, this came from Alabama. So you guys know Alabama is pretty much Alabama. Uh, There was an article I read from over there the other day that said the future is not with donors. So, again, nobody's coming to save you. (laughs) Uh, Donors are getting fatigued because if you go to the same six, seven people over and over, it it takes a constant churn of of cash flow. Um, And they said the future is going to be fans and brands. In other words, it's up to the fans to, to understand that it's important to be a part of a collective. It's also, and small businesses, by the way, because small businesses, I think, are the key. South Carolina's a great small business state. There's a lot of Gamecock-owned businesses. They have budgets to do stuff like this. That's number one. Number two, the brands, you know, the collectives have to start doing more um, than just saying, hey, give us money, and here's a sticker for your car, you know. And that's fine. There's some very logical things and, and things that we can do on that, and I have that in place. Um, so here we go. 
that's uh that's the deal there. I'm tired of talking about that. It's uh, uh, it's bad. Um, Bill says as a fan base, uh, this size, it feels like skating uphill. Bill, South Carolina has the larger fan base than, than most of these schools that are forking out the flow. Yeah. I mean, there's, and, I, and, I, and Bill's, Bill's a good guy. He's a, you know, uh, and I'm not coming down on Bill here, but I, I hear stuff like this all the time. It's kind of like the small state. Uh, oh, they can't win because they're in a small state because of recruits. Well, South Carolina has 200,000 more people than Alabama. They win. Yeah. You know, Mississippi may have a, an argument because they only have, what, 2.6 million people? In Mississippi State, South Carolina has twice as many. I, you know, I, I think that you know, and all that. And 76, I agree. Uh, you know, all, all everybody's criticisms of, of this thing right now, I am in total agreement with you. And when this thing started a long time ago, before I ever started, ever thought about taking a collect, you know, starting a collective, I saw this coming and I was worried about this fan base. I was worried about all you guys because it's just so new. And I knew some things would go sideways, you know, with this, that, and the other. Uh, and, I get it, but it's just reality right now. I mean, that's uh, that's it. But you know, it's uh, you know, it it can get there. It can get there. I just you know, I need to continue to spread the word. And like I said, we've got kind of a reskin of the whole thing on Carolina Rises in, and I, and there's another big piece to this right now. I have not told you guys about that. I will when I can. Um that's also going to be very big in terms of South Carolina's NIL endeavors, but I just don't want to say anything about that quite yet right now. Anyway, tired of talking about this. What else is going on, Phil? Pat Fitzgerald. All right. Yeah, we got Pat Fitzgerald. We got, let's take a quick break and see if we can't find JB. Cause he's, he's out here missing the, <laughs> we haven't yeah, heard from him yet. So we'll yeah. take a quick break y'all and we will be right back right after these messages the preferred sign partner of gamecock athletics is signorama columbia and they should be yours too a full service sign company that handles design production install and service signorama columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across south carolina owned and operated by proud gamecock alumni they can handle all types of signage including interior and exterior vehicle graphics and more go to signorama.com and find the west columbia location or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Sinorama Columbia and Go Gamecocks. Charleston Fitness Equipment is keeping South Carolina in shape. Clients have come from all over the Palmetto State to find that one piece of equipment that they enjoy that keeps them looking and feeling good. Whether it's a home rower, treadmill, elliptical, free weights, a home gym, or something else, Charleston Fitness Equipment keeps the mirror smiling back at you. Get in shape like the Gamecocks do. Visit charlestonfitnessequipment.com. Gamecock owned and operated and proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. If you're in the real estate market in the low country or even in the Midlands, please contact me, JB, with Coast to Coast Realty SC. You hear me and see me every day here on Inside the Gamecocks, and it would be an honor to earn your business. I've been around real estate my entire life as it's somewhat of a family business. I work with an elite team of experts from loans to insurance to closing, and they make my clients and my life very easy. It really is elite. Coast to Coast Realty SC 
Gamecock.com is where you can find our staff, and you can always reach out to me here as well. Go Gamecocks. Cool Joe here. And when I'm not eating average jambalaya or celebrating endless summer in Destin, I like to eat pimento cheese straight off the bucket. Mmm. And the only pimento cheese I like to eat is from Nana's Porch. It's award-winning. It'll melt in your mouth. It's good on a cracker. It's good in a bowl. It's good on a piece of bread. Also, don't forget Nana's Porch has a hell of a food truck. It's award-winning as well. And they're here for all of your catering needs. So get online. Nana'sPorch.com. It's mm-mm good. Coach O signing off. In the summer, go Tiger. Ladies and gentlemen, here it is. little campus tour there for you that was good inside the Gamecocks the show here still in the first hour of the show yeah so Pat Fitzgerald JC what a interesting situation Northwestern has found itself in (laughs) the uh I don't know it's it's one of those things so the way the way I understand it is he's been accused of basically not paying attention to his football program because it's not necessarily what he knew, but what he didn't. They're making some sort of connection between the two. Some hazing allegedly going on. The thing I found most interesting was there was a they brought in an independent investigator who made a determination with the university that he should get two weeks suspended without pay. And then the president of the university turns around and just lets him go. Yeah. Keep my presidents, the university. Eh, well, yeah. Yeah. Anger, yeah, stick yeah. it in the wind, which yeah. is the wind. Going. Uh, and of course there were more accusations. The racism accusations came up and all that stuff. And they look, racism is sort of, uh, Unacceptable, it, it sort of it is, it's sort of, no, yeah. and, and if some of the stuff indeed happened to the young man that you know he was a Latino and they were saying some very nasty things to him because of his origin, that, that's unacceptable, man. Football is, is something that uh, you know it brings everybody together, and, and to me, that's very, very divisive. Uh, but I also know. You know the folks around here in Chicago. <laughs> you know, I, I you know, I, I kind of know where 
you know, their coaching staff, their cloth is sort of cut from, and kind of like some other staffs, it, it, it doesn't completely shock me. I, I do think it's wrong. The consequences should be paid. Um, you know, as far as the hazing goes, that's just disgusting. To me, that's not even hazing. Why would you? Yeah. What? What? Ugh. What? What are now, you look, doing? <laughs> yeah, I, I just. Uh, I mean, I don't know, man. I, to me, I, it, it. I think the facts do need to come out. What gives me pause about it, Phil, is the fact that the guy that the, the, the quote unquote whistleblower, <coughs> excuse me, did indeed say, "I am going to get Pat Fitzgerald fired," and it seems like he was on a crusade to do it, yeah, because he just didn't like Pat Fitzgerald. So, no matter where the truth is. You know, I think that obviously some of the details are damning. And uh, if that's indeed what happened, and obviously the lady that investigated to begin with didn't find that as, as being 100% truthful, then he, he does need to be fired because that's a bad culture. And I don't think that has anything to do with reaching young people these days. I don't think it has anything to do with uh, coaching football. Um, but at the same time, Uh, you know, who knows what it was, because if you're dealing with a star witness who has a, a massive agenda, who's been on the record about it, who just wouldn't stop, you know, after 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 they said they weren't firing him, he just wouldn't quit. You know, then maybe that's a personal problem that guy. Has. So I, you know, I, I'm up in the air about it. Like I said, I, I I think what it does to Northwestern football is it puts them back in the dungeon for a long time. You, you know, they're I, I was talking about this today on JC Morgan. You know, Pat Fitzgerald won 10 out of 13 games against Illinois. They're our trial, their in-state rival or whatever. Um, he had won two division titles uh at Northwestern in the last four years. Now the other two years were terrible. Last year was terrible. Uh, but I think we all realized that he had a you know a quarterback situation there we can all relate to. Hopefully, those of you that torched me for speaking the truth about Colin Hill versus Ryan Helensky will now realize what the problem was in 2020. Um, shout out to Mike Bobo. <laughs> but uh, look, it, it's uh, shout out to Mike Bobo on that situation. I know pe- people want to be mad about him going to Auburn, can be mad about him going to Auburn. That, that's fine. I get that. Totally. But uh, I just. Um, I don't know, man. I just uh, I think that uh, yeah that that's some one of those situations where you know I I would like to get to the truth. I don't think we'll ever get to the truth. I think what what he'll do is sue, and he'll get a massive settlement from Northwestern to just go away, and they'll have some BS uh, you know paper they sign and it says well he's you know we 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 just agreed to you know they'll technically say we agreed to part ways or whatever. Right, yeah. uh, and I think he'll be back in coaching. I'll say this: I bet he wishes he'd have taken some of those other jobs he was up for through the years, because you know he probably could have had Notre Dame. Probably could have yeah, gone to Green Bay. Yeah, he's been up for others. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You when know, he had pretty um, good, decent seasons, you'd hear his name yeah. being kicked around. Yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pat Fitzgerald could have had any a number of SEC jobs, Big Ten jobs. I mean, that dude's a hell of a coach. I mean, that is a hard, hard job. And what gets me about it, though, is, you know, they, it's a college campus, and you know what goes on college campuses uh, these days as far as the overreaction to a lot of things. So now the faculty 
Got to love faculty, right? Right. Uh, you know, just get out of the Big Ten. Hell, University of Chicago got out. They quit in the <laughs> 20s or 30s. They're still a member academically. Just get out of the Big Ten if you don't mm-hmm. you don't want it. So they're building an $800 million stadium. Now, number one, this stadium wouldn't be $800 million if it weren't in Evanston, Illinois. <laughs> Things are a little more expensive around here, right? Eight hundred million uh, doesn't go near as far up there. Yeah, that, it doesn't go it? near as far. You know, so you're, you're, you're it's like a thirty-five thousand seat stadium. So they're like, stop the stadium. What? <laughs> Why? Why? Right? Why? I, well, I'm sure there's what? an extreme side of it that says we need to shut down the athletics stop program. The stadium, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's the yeah. That's the thought process. Stop mm. the stadium. Shut mm. down athletics. Look. You take extreme measures like I, so, so. There's been a few programs through the years that have taken extreme measures like the CCNY, City College of New York, used to be a national power in basketball. They had a point shaving scandal. They stopped basketball. Miami, I believe, had a point shaving dropped basketball for a while. Tulane dropped basketball for a while because of point shaving. Uh, some schools have dropped football because they can't afford it. Wichita State's one. Long Beach State is one. Fullerton State is one. There's been all kinds of schools that be like, ah, we're done playing football. We just can't afford it anymore. <laughs> I, I get it. SMU quit playing football for a year, right? So if you want to shut it down, who shoot? Shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> but that, but but don't sit there and go stop the stadium. Oh my God, uh, over something like this, which is, you know, unfortunate. It has no place in the college football program these days. If it's true. Uh, you know, the staff should be fired. But look, uh, as uh, Quantrell mentioned, DJ Durkin got another job again. Somebody died on his watch. Yeah. Nobody died at Northwestern. Um, of course, these days, sometimes feelings, I mean, you, you know, people people act as if feelings are a matter of life and death and all that good stuff. So I, I, I think it's kind of stupid to sit there and talk about, we need to pause the stadium plan. Why? Are you still planning on playing football in the second best conference in, in America? Yes. Well, are you planning on trying? Well, we hope to. Well, then you need to build the damn stadium. It's a nice, and I've seen the renderings of that thing. It's it's nice, uh, nice deal. And Bruin Nation, what college kid didn't dry hump their friend as a joke or get drunk and make some dumb comments? That's true. Boys, that's a boys will be boys kind of thing. I think it probably, if the graphic details are true, it went a bit too, a lot too far. Like to me, I just been like, no. Yeah, it might have no. graduated from something a bit more than just. I was like, that's <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> Bink mentions that somebody died on Brian Kelly's watching Notre Dame. Yeah, a, yeah. a dude that was a camera guy on the light mm-hmm. tower. It blew over um, on him and stuff. And look, that. You can't sit there, you know, coaches these days are so vilified because people are jealous because they make a lot of money. And I think some people that don't make a lot of money, that think they're smarter than football coaches or they serve a better purpose than football coaches, i.e. college professors. And most of them, some of them do, some of them don't. Mm-hmm. It's just like with anything. Some coaches are good and deserve the money. Some coaches don't. But normally the college professors that are complaining are the ones that aren't worth a crap. But anyway, because uh, they don't get it, so so yeah, so they're just so you're they're going to vilify the coach no matter what. I mean, and the national media will too. Now, 
Pat Fitzgerald's sort of a darling of a lot of the national riders, so they've been kind of easy on him. But what if this was Mike Gundy? Oh, my. Could you imagine? The response to that yeah. would be completely different. Oh, man. I mean, it would be crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it'd be nuts. I mean, just just like with Bob Huggins, they now Bob Huggins, it, Bob Huggins DUI wasn't the the big the I mean, I know it's a stronger but he he you can't say things like Bob Huggins now that that's completely different than ignoring hazing, you know, like what happened. Bob Huggins should have never said that on radio. That is a word that you don't use, you yes. know. And, yes. and he did it twice. So, yeah, he should have been fired. But, yeah, but yeah, still people didn't like him. They crucified him. They'd have killed Mike Gundy. Killed him. Yeah. Oh, my. You know? I, I, honestly, they'd have killed Dabo Sweeney, too. <laughs> Just to be honest. I know yep. nobody that's listening to this show right now would care. They'd probably laugh their butt off. But, you no, know, there's but... certain people the media like, certain people they don't. So, uh, that's the deal there. Yeah, because there are certain ones that they take one wrong step and it's just going to be, I mean, over. Like, I mean, especially, you know, somebody like Gundy, you know, who we all know leans right, you know, and then you've got, uh, and I I think you bringing up Sweeney is a perfect example too, because it's like, here's the, the, you know, holier than thou aspect that anybody's ready to jump on, you know, it's just like, jump all over ready to hop on that. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, yeah. So so I want to see, so what, what I think happens is he probably he'll sue Northwestern. Uh, And and here's the crazy thing about it. Northwestern's a private school. They don't have, they're not subject to open records request. That's why. And I'll say this. As long as the story is accurate, Right. Because if it's not, then I think it's a bunch of college kids trying to be, mis- you know, Billy Badass investigative journalist, way going way overboard. Mm-hmm. Now, if the story is accurate, and and I'm I'm saying that I, I'm not saying it's not. I'm not saying it is. If it is accurate, turns out to be truthful, then I am going to give them kudos for breaking the story. Because, like I said, Northwestern is a private institution. It's not like Carolina or Clemson or North Carolina, wherever, where you can file FOIA requests all day long and they have to give you stuff. Northwestern's private. They don't have to say anything. They don't have to give you nothing. So it's infinitely harder to break stories, especially if you're the student newspaper, uh, to do that. So hats off to them for breaking the story, if indeed it's true. Now, personally, would I have tried to bring down the football program based on the uh, an interview with one disgruntled former player? No, I had to corroborate a little bit. And uh, I, I definitely, if a lawyer had gone and investigated, an outside investigator, and said, ah, you know, he messed up a little bit here and there, but they had no knowledge, uh, so suspended for two weeks. I don't know that I would have continued to put uh, lighter fluid on the charcoal. Because uh, I don't think that's good journalism either. You're not a vigilante in journalism. Your job is to promote facts. That's why I don't call myself a journalist anymore. Because I'm embarrassed to be called a journalist. Because I don't deal in there. Narr- I mean, I, and I deal in narratives on this show and on the site and stuff like that. But I I deal on, in narratives based on facts. And, and, and I think facts have escaped journalism these days. I think yeah, they, they select facts yeah. and mm-hmm. use it to, to drive a narrative. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're now, advancing we got a lot of agenda. Stuff. But yeah, it's it, it, but there's a difference between uh, having and when you have an agenda like that, you know, I mean, you're gonna you're gonna twist it into knots to get your thing out. I mean, and it's clear to whatever to everybody what they're doing. That's why. I, I, no, no, don't don't ever call me a journalist. Because people people love to do that too. You know, I, I didn't put in a crystal ball for. Dylan Stewart, although I said, you know, I was 95% sure he's coming to Carolina. I'll drop that down to 93 today, by the way. Uh, and so I said, well, great journalism there. I'm not a journalist. I quit being a journalist probably 2014 after I left 24-7 sports. And even then I was kind of more of a manager. Probably last time I was a, a journalist was ESPN days, like 09. Mm. I don't sit in the press box. I don't go to press conferences. I don't play in the birdies with Beamer media golf tournament. <laughs> I, I, you know, I haven't taught or recruit since 2015. No journalism here. And and I am happy. I am free because I don't have to wear that, that, that crown of shame anymore because that's exactly what journalism is. Now, if these kids were factual and they broke the story and they did a good job, well, then maybe there's hope for the profession because that, that's an important story. If it's true, I just do not know that if I were them putting my journalism hat, my crown of shame back on, that I would have gone all in with someone that has an agenda unless my agenda matched theirs, i.e. I hate football <laughs> and I want to see Coach Fitzgerald burn. Yes. And, 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 and yeah, that's, that's truthful. I mean, that, you know, so so there's all kinds of different ways to look at this thing, um, and I, I just hope, uh, you know, I, I, there's only like it's like Vandy. There's only like 20 Northwestern fans in all of Chicago. So um, <laughs> hopefully, all 20 of those people, you know, are, are okay. That's um, everybody all right. You okay? They build their okay? they build their stadium. You know, I mean, because it's a nice. Go look up the stadium. It's a nice stadium, and they got a nice practice facility right on Lake Michigan, um, and all that. But uh, uh, it's going to be interesting. And, and and here's one thing I do hope, and I'll, I'll close with this. I hope that uh, I hope that this does not devolve into a red versus blue thing where it's like uh, everybody that's not woke is on Pat Fitzgerald's side and everybody that is woke is on the side of the kids and, and president. Oh, gosh, yes. I hope that people let the facts play out and decide for themselves, not based on politics, because I think that's unfair to a, a great coach. And even if he, even if he knew about this and ignored it, I mean, this is a, this is almost like, could you see the little student journalist going, did you order the code red on Santiago? <laughs> you want answers? You I want, want the answer. truth. You can't handle the truth. The truth. <laughs> did you order the code red on Santiago? You're damn right I did. Damn right I did. And I'd do it again. <laughs> you can't yeah. handle the truth. Anyway, you can't handle the truth. But not to make Did light of the situation, the but it's just, you know, one way to look at it. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's funny. Though. That's what it kind of reminds me of is, uh, is that 
Uh, although, you know what? Nobody died. Did Santiago die? Yes. Yes. Because it was the code red. So the Shrek list, not a code red. No. So no. let's be grateful for that. It's just a, a lot of, uh, I don't know. Let's just say there was a lot of skin in the game and leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, maybe a bit too much. Maybe a bit too much skin in the game. <laughs> oh, gotcha. oh, goodness. <laughs> well, let's get out of here. Wrap up hour one. We will be back here. Hour two. Probably look at uh, some of the home run derby stuff. Talk a little bit of uh, MLB draft. And what else do we got? Oh, Alabama. Baseball scandal. Some of these things more scandalously coming that's out a, here. I know that's like Ocean's, a that's bit, like Ocean's Eleven right there. My goodness. Like yeah. That's a, right. <laughs> like Dude, on the cell phone. Somebody drops a briefcase. That one or something. <laughs> we'll catch everybody after the break. Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope's State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right. Even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182. Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We are still getting used to our new break schedule, a little shorter than the uh, than they usually are. JB is okay, everybody. So we will um, may get him back in here after a little bit of time. But... Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I'm not used to the new break schedule. By the way, I like the new commercial skins and stuff. Uh, yeah, man. JB worked hard on that. Uh, I didn't. Uh, you know, we, uh, yeah, he really did. A couple of them I, like I didn't them. actually get to watch before the show, but uh, I like them. Yeah, that was good. I like that too. Right in the middle of the show there. <laughs> so, mm, Cam says it's basically open season on Northwestern's roster. I actually do think you can get in the portal with a coaching head coaching change. I think they did make that rule. It should be that way. Uh, Who do you want? Back, I mean, you know, <laughs> if they have a running back or a DN. I mean, uh, yeah, that's right. Take him. 
<laughs> yeah, we need an edge. Need an edge. North, Northwestern actually has been recruiting the state of South Carolina lately. Um, I don't know. Like that that Jordan Knox kid from Rock Hill that went to uh, that, that went to Northwestern. He was he was one of those. I'm gonna stop saying overrated. I'm just gonna say outlier. <laughs> they were they were an outlier for our network. He was an outlier for our network. How about that? So outlier. Um, let's just uh, let's just go with that. Okay, instead of. Uh, Instead of uh, you know anything else, I, I'm not sure, but yeah, they they've recruited the state of South Carolina pretty well in the last couple of years. They have Julius Tate, an offensive lineman from Greenville High, committed. And I think that rating's a little bit of an outlier as well. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they got two two guys from from, from Palmetto State. Um, Jashun Reader, a running back from Christ Church. Uh, in Greenville, who I've heard some good things about. He's unranked at the moment. But, uh, yeah, so they've, they've hit GSP pretty hard in Rock Hill, so they've hit the upstate pretty good uh, the last mm-hmm. couple of uh, years. So, uh, And I don't know, you know. <laughs> I, I don't know, you know, who all's on that roster or, or what. But, um, you know, certainly, I mean, they do have good football players. They're a good developing program. You know, they were very bad last year, so I'm not quite sure, like, who they would have. Um, and and I'm, I am not 100% either, guys, on, on, like, that actual rule. I'm pretty sure that uh, – that, um, pretty sure that uh, – I'm pretty sure that, that that rule is in place, that if there is a head coaching change, the portal opens for those guys and then get in it. But I, I'm not 100% on um, so, so there we go. Um, Quantrell asked bigger outlier, Justin Knox or, or Troy Stevenson had, I think industry wide, it's probably Troy Stevenson. You know, it was kind of funny that you know, there's a lot of talk about Troy Stevenson going to Miami or Georgia Tech or, or Miami or Tennessee or he ended up at Georgia Tech, which is a kind of a, honesty, it's a good pickup for Georgia Tech. Uh, Troy's got, very, uh, there's some things about him that he could develop. Um, I don't want to say he's just like Darius Rush because Darius Rush's numbers blew his away, like athletically, track wise, and things, a long jump, stuff like that in high school. But, you know, just so, sort of like Darius Rush was kind of just an athlete and developed. Uh, Troy Stevenson could do the same thing and be, be solid. I, I, I just, I just don't think there's any planet where he's the whatever fourth best prospect uh, in the country. Um, Cam said he heard it on ESPN. They could transfer with a coach being fired. So, yeah, I, I just want to make sure I was okay with that. I, I do believe I remember reading that. That's tough. How, uh, how quickly do you think uh, Northwestern's going to react here? I mean, well, uh, according to Bruce Feldman today in a piece I read, it listed like nine people. Not Pete Limbo, by the way, whoever mentioned that earlier. Yeah, I keep that. seeing his name like bandied about here. I'm like, okay, really? <laughs> Pete would be a good, co- maybe not good this choice year, for them. But yeah, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Heck, Pete won at Ball State. You know, that's that's a tough place to win too. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
if I were them, I would give however much money Sean Lewis, who's the OC at Colorado for prime. Uh, he was at Kent State as the head coach the last couple of years. I'd give him – he's a Chicago oh. native. Yeah, yeah. I'd give him mm-hmm. however much money he wants. But there, there's all kinds of names on that list, man. Like people uh, – a former quarterback who's coaching for the Giants, stuff like that. Uh, Paul Christ was on that list. Mm-hmm. Um, bring back Paul, uh, all that good stuff. But what, what, what Feldman said was he expects them to name an interim head coach for this year. Yeah, uh, probably the guy, the guy, the D coordinator that just got there. Uh, I think he came from South Dakota State or someplace like that. Um, probably he'll be the interim, and then they'll start, you know, uh, you know, trying to find somebody. One thing they do have is money, uh, just like Vanderbilt's got, because they're, they're in the Big Ten. I mean, they they've got money, especially if they pause the stadium, <laughs> stop the stadium. Um, <laughs> So that's it, but yeah, you just put it off for a year and then put together a nice package. But I think the interim route is that was what I was thinking would happen more than likely. Because why wouldn't yeah. you do that? Then you get uh, you get to begin your next year's coaching search now. <laughs> yeah, and then you got a coaching staff in place, and you if you got to fire some other people, mm-hmm. you know, you can basically fire them, and you have enough graduate assistants and guys like that to fill in, and you know, go out and try to put together a team. So, anyway. I mean, yeah, what were Northwestern's expectations this year? <laughs> Dead last in the West, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so I, I don't know. So, we'll, we'll see what happens, but uh, yeah, on Stevenson, Quantrell again, he's definitely the bigger outlier. You know, Justin Knox, kind of a consensus three star. Our, our people had him at four, you know, whatever. I mean that that's fine, but I, I you know the more egregious one I think is definitely Stevenson, but I do think he made a good choice in going to Georgia Tech because I think you know that's kind of the, the type of program he needs to be at. Hopefully they can develop him, and I'll say this about Georgia Tech too: they've got another kid that I actually think could be a legit South Carolina level sleeper. Keep in mind the Gamecocks have their two linebacker commits already, but Jordan Boyd from Aiken at linebacker. I think, I think he, I've always thought he was pretty good. Um, so if anybody, you know, sneak anybody up there, you know, I'd probably sneak, uh, sneak Boyd <laughs> a little higher and put Stevenson a little lower, but they're both going to Georgia tech. I, I think that makes, uh, makes a ton of sense for Georgia tech to recruit the state of South Carolina. And, you know, if you look kind of around, NC State's gotten players, Vanderbilt's gotten players, North Carolina's gotten players out of the state before Virginia Tech that have, you know, gone and had solid careers. So, I, uh, I think that's, um, I think that's smart for them to do. So, I, you know, that that's kind of the thing right there. Anyway, home run derby last night. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. Joins his father, first father-son duo to both win, at least from the professional level. It was interesting, though, because Vlad, I think, what, two years ago, set the record at 40 home runs in one single round. And then last night, his name says, was it Rodriguez? Did 41 home runs. I think I can't remember his name. But he's the hometown guy for Seattle, and everybody was going nuts. And then that's awesome. Yeah, that was the round before. And then uh, Vlad Jr. comes up and beats him in the final round, takes it. 
And then, oh, PJ Morlando, who is, you know, a Gamecocks commit, who may never see <laughs> Founders Park as a player <laughs> if he continues on this trajectory, uh, ended up winning the high school home run derby. So shout out to PJ Morlando, who was, uh, you know, just beside himself happy with winning this uh, last night. Yeah, I was like, I loved reading the description of him because he said he was in the tunnel when they were going through the, uh, as he was coming out of the tunnel at the park, the big league home run derby was finishing up and he said it was just going nuts. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then then he finally walks out there into a stadium, you know, with 50,000 fans just packed going crazy. It was like, that's got to be a surreal experience for uh, a high school kid. (laughs) Craig, they did it after... um, they did it after the home run derby for uh, for the big leaguers. Yeah, they did. And then they did the high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, yeah. You know, Whittle, like Whittle said yesterday, though, of all the guys out there, you know, he said he thinks it's pretty unlikely he ends up coming to college, but he says he's the type of kid you just never know. No. He no, just want to come to college and play ball. So. And then who all got picked yesterday? I know Will Sanders is heading to my Cubbies. I was happy to see that. That George Wolklaw, uh from up mm-hmm. here, yeah, uh, six seven dude, uh, freak, <laughs> freak <laughs> player. Uh, unfortunately for the Gamecocks, he got drafted by the White Sox, and I, I think it's kind of his dream. So he's going to sign uh, yeah. Jack Mahoney. I think Rockies, right? Jack Mahoney Rockies. Yeah, Mahoney and Wimmer both, I think, are going to the Rockies. Going to the Rockies, so mm-hmm. uh, that's um, that's good, uh, you know, for those guys. Uh, I think that uh, yeah, there are a couple of surprises. The Duffy kid from Canisius, the committee, yeah, mm-hmm. he probably got drafted a little too high to come to school back to school now, so he's probably going to go. That's kind of that's a little bit of a blow, but South Carolina. Uh, for what Whittle explained, you know, they've got other arms sort of lined up that they're looking at. And the the transfer portal doesn't close, I think, till the end of this month, Phil, for baseball. And you still have two more days to get into it, you know. So the draft is over, I believe, after today, right? I and there's 20 so. rounds. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's another 48 hours where he said he expects a lot of movement uh, in terms of uh, of, of the portal. Uh, so there's still hope there. <laughs> so that's uh, well, that's the deal there. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and, and, Noah Hall was the yeah. last one, I think, to round it out to get uh, picked up, at least off Where's this year's team. Red Sox? Do you get Red Sox? Is that it? What's it? Oh, Mets. Mets, I think. Mets. Somebody with the Red Sox. Who were the Red Sox? Was it? Oh, okay. I didn't, I didn't miss that. Maybe I'm wrong. Let's see. I'm trying to think. I know Sanders did go to the Cubs, though. I did. I did note that for you, Phil. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, I did too. I was like, "Hey, all right, there you go, hey, Will." Hey, hey, this is Will Sanders. <laughs> Will Sanders. Hey, no. <laughs> Sanders has an ERA of four point seven nine. Played for the Gamecocks last year. <laughs> anyway, so Damn, Harry Carey. But, Certainly happy for everybody that got drafted. You know, kind of hoping that. Oh, why am I yawning? Uh, kind of hoping that uh, they all have long careers and stuff like that. Uh, uh, Clint says he thought Sanders was Boston. 
Well, no, no, don't think so. Somebody was Boston. I think somebody was Boston. The transfer. I'm getting Yankees, Boston Red Sox. There we go. Hold on. Yeah, let's see. Yeah, it was Matt Duffy. Matt Duffy. Duffy Yeah, yeah, Duffy went. Yeah, Mm -hmm. okay, there we go. The transfer, and then, uh, yeah, and all that good stuff. So, Mm -hmm. they got, uh, they got drafted, so. You know that there's been a University of South Carolina Gamecock in the major league since 1892, Phil? Wow. Now, that's an incredible stat. I pulled up the baseball almanac here. <laughs> uh, and uh, uh, Doc McJames. Boy, that's a that's an old-timey baseball name, isn't it? Doc McJames. Doc McJames. <laughs> Boy, that Doc McJames could sure hit the ball. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Doc McJames. Let's see what old Doc McJames. He's from Williamsburg County. Uh, went to no South, right. South Carolina. Played for the Washington Senators. At the Baltimore Orioles and some team called the Super Boz. I don't know who the hell. Brooklyn Super Boz. I guess that was before they were the Dodgers. I uh, went back to the Senators, played for the Orioles, played for Brooklyn again. Played for a long daggum time, man. Uh, Doc McJames. So he was a uh, he's a pitcher. He once won 27 games in a season in 1898. Dude, why am I doing this? 27 games? <laughs> he 27 and 15 <laughs> in 1893. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm like, Between B and what? what? Was, was he a – maybe he was a doctor. <laughs> Doc McJane. That's the thing about that, you know, era is that, you know, they were all doing other stuff. <laughs> You I'm know, looking through not- all these guys. Boy, Billy Buckner, Steve Pierce, Landon, uh, Stephen Tollison, Jackie Bradley, mm-hmm. Whit Merrifield, Christian Walker. Boy, there were some great ones, man. There were some great. Clark Schmidt, uh, you know, didn't necessarily play during a great time, but man, he's a starter in the majors. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know John Whittle really is high on Schmidt. Yeah, you'll have DT Cromer, Trip Cromer, the, the Cromer crew. Cromer, yeah. Mm-hmm. Man, a lot of great, a lot of great ones. Mm-hmm. Old Dot McJames, how about that? 27 and 15. 42 year. decisions. <laughs> we just kept running old Doc McJames out there. That was back, yeah, you talk about, we talked about sports writers earlier. That was back, I think, in the glory era of sport. You know, a lot of sports writers named the mascots of certain teams because of what they wrote. Like, <laughs> I, I think the state newspaper actually is responsible, as uh, combative as that publication has been to the university through the years. Mm-hmm. I think they were actually responsible for calling them Gamecocks, like fighting Gamecocks. I think they were the Jaguars for a while. Yeah. Um, but the South Carolina Jaguars. Jaguars? That doesn't make We could sense. all have Big Cat Weekend when they play Clemson. Let's go to the zoo. It's a safari. Safari? Anyway. Uh, yeah, the safari bowl. But no. Um, yeah, I mean, and the, the sports writer was kind of part of the team in a way. You know, he wasn't an investigative journalist or trying to save the world. You know, he entertained his crew because, you know what, sports has always been entertainment. Right. And that's kind of what I believe. You know, I, I don't I don't believe anybody wants to come in here and 
hear us preach at you about uh, what's right and wrong in the world of sports and the, the moral. Of, yeah, we'll talk about it, but I'm not preaching to anybody. Uh, or, or for us to try to uncover as much dirt as possible on, on the team we cover. Nah, general, sports journalists back then were like, like you know, dudes with suspenders and pot bellies named Scoop. Hey, guys, this is Scoop David. Scoop David here. <laughs> They'd do a little radio hit. Ah, Scoop David here with the Philadelphia Phillies beat reporter for the Inquirer. Calling in my, my story. And then there's big, beautiful, uh, beautiful pros in the leads, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. The dark, mm-hmm. rainy day. Yeah, I remember the Four Horsemen from Notre Dame. That was, somebody wrote that. Mm-hmm. You know, the Four Horsemen rose again. You think that guy's going and, and trying to bust uh, Newt Rockney for Hazy? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, those all beat writers probably not, right? Yeah. (laughs) The Gipper died because of hazing. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) It's investigation. (laughs) Well, when the boys are up against it, tell them to go out there and win this one. I can't with that. It's just too much. Dude, it's (laughs) awesome. (laughs) But but look, I'm just. you know, that's the thing. Like sports writers back then, and, and they were they were much more. I think, I don't know. I think it was a much more worthy profession. And nothing like a lot of my friends are sports writers. I love them to death. Yeah, nothing against any of them, but man, to be alive back then. Of course, you, you know, in some cases, you didn't bathe once a week, and you didn't have hot water or air conditioner. But uh, <laughs> you wore suspenders in the summer and a tie. But that's okay. You still had a beer and a brat and, and, and loved it, you know. Uh, and you'd ride around on the train with the team. Oh, hey, hey, it's, it's the babe. Let's talk to the babe. Everybody talking this. Hi, guy. What's up? I'm Scoop Jones here. <laughs> yeah, everything, everything sounds like movie phone news or whatever. <laughs> yeah, wow. That's right. Wow. Hayne asked who wins best dress for the Cox at media days. I got to go with Spencer. Yeah, I would think. Yeah. He's I gonna... would. Tonka may surprise though. It's got to be one of those two. I'm not, I don't have a lot of faith in Kai Kroger being the best dressed. I don't know. Watch Kai Kroger come Although, out there dressed like that kid see, from Kansas I'm, who got drafted in the NBA. Did you see that guy? I know. I'm talking, I may be talking out my patoot here a little bit because I've seen Tonka. And Spencer dressed up like on Instagram. I've never seen Kai. Hmm. So I'm probably kind of, I don't know, probably talking, talking. I probably, I probably don't know what I'm talking about here. That's just my guess. That's me, Spencer, right? Spencer's got, you know, he's got to be the best dressed. I don't know. You think like maybe Kai's got to come out and do something though. I was like, I'm, 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 I'm back in Kai Kroger. I think he'll do it. I think he'll pull it through. Somebody's going to put him together something, you know. Who are you wearing? He's gonna kick a sixty-eight yard punt. Yeah, that's right. Hey, did you guys see the other day? There's a Tennessee fan, and uh, this got on the big spur. Everybody went back and forth. Uh, it was funny because you know the Gamecocks are sending a punter uh, to SEC media days. This Tennessee fan was like, only South Carolina would send a punter. And it's like, well, with the way the game went last year, I'm surprised you knew we had a punter. I'm- <laughs> 
Yeah. Ouch. Shoo, buddy. Weren't a lot of kicks that was from the punter that game. That was a good, good. Uh, Clint says that was a great retort. Yes. Well, allow indeed. me to retort. Well, then allow me to retort. I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? <laughs> well, allow me Keep to chilling, retort. flock of seagulls. <laughs> but, let's hit a break uh, anyway. here, JC. Time's oh, the break time again. Yeah, let's hit one. Time this is flying. Quite so long. We'll come back and oh, I'm sure telling everybody about, uh, about Sid's Sid Smith, S Y D Smith, who was from Smithville, South Carolina. Wow, <laughs> and his last <laughs> name was Smith. Who had a nice career with, with a team called the Naps, the Browns, that's St. Louis Browns, and the Pirates. So, and another, he's another, uh, but he's a position player. So. Another had 128 at bats in 1908. So uh, we'll be back. We'll be back with more of the Gamecock baseball ancient history right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. Hey, man. Are you sick and tired of your business computer guy? Yes, he takes forever to call me back and doesn't always respond to the requests. Yeah, same here. I'm paying him good money. I constantly have issues, and I'm worried he's not backing up my network and securing it properly. You know what, Phil? Let's ask Stone Blanton. Hey, JC and Phil, if you want a solution to your IT problems, give Heritage Digital a call. Our boy Matt Odom has a low-cost, one-price solution that will get you running right. Call 843-699-1001 or heritagedigital.com and ask for Matt. He will hook you up today and tell them Stone City. Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. <laughs> Magnum, Velotric, Inventive Bikes, and more. And they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle help you handle the southern heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available all ages and sizes. ElectricBikesCharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show.
nice. About 60 days away from seeing Willie B all lit up and jumping like crazy for a 7.30 kickoff, I think, against the hometown team here in Greenville, Furman Paladins. How long has it been since we played Furman? usually see them playing Clemson, not necessarily South Carolina. Hold on, I'm going to look that up. Let's see. Furman. Oh, which is South um, Carolina. I don't think, I think it's 2015. Phil. See if uh, I'm right about that. I think it's Spurrier's last. Or 14. It was 14. It was 14. Yeah, I think. Hold on. I think yeah. you're right. 2023. When's the last time? Oh, here we go. No. 22. Uh, 23. 20. Da, 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 da. Well, somebody in the chat box knows it, I'm sure. Yeah, I think it's 2014. It's one, yeah, one of those last mm-hmm. Spurrier teams played them. I don't think Muschamp ever played Furman. I know he had Wofford once. 13. And That's it. 13. 13. November 30th. No, that's South Carolina State. Yeah, no. 76 asking Furman's triple option. No. No. Mm-mm. There are multiple. Clay Hendricks is their coach. They actually have kind of resurged. They've gotten better. Um, They've gotten better kind of under him. Uh, he's a good coach. He's a good dude, too. I was glad to see him get that job, Clay. Um, I always kind of pulled for Furman growing up. I don't know about you, Phil. You know, oh, yeah. We lived in the we live in the shadow of Roper Mountain. <laughs> That's right. The, the Furman Bell Tower. The shadow, the shadow of Roper Mountain. <laughs> the Furman Bell Tower. Y'all know Amy Grant went to Furman? Did you know that? I did not know that. I did not know that. Attended Furman University. And Vanderbilt. Yeah. University started uh, right now where the current Greenville County offices were. That's why they call it University Ridge when it was a uh, women's college. Mm. And then they moved all it out women, to that huh? nice little piece of land out there. Yeah, yeah, Furman, all women's Oh, uh, they got a beautiful campus. But, yeah, you know who else was? Florida State used to be an all women's college. You know that? I didn't know that. I did not know. I did not. The so Florida that. State College of Teachers. That's why a lot of the old timey Gators like they're like, <laughs> oh, they're not. They're Miami's our rival. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yep. Shoot. When I when we used to play Florida State, we, we used to beat them up pretty good until Bobby Bowden got there. Shoot. Uh, you ask about Kamari and Franklin guys. I. Mm, I don't. I don't think Carolina's got. I, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen to D tackle either. And it's hard for me to sit here and say portal because it's kind of hard to get good D tackles out of the portal. Um, I think. I think really honestly, I'll be honest with you. What you got to hope for is this: uh, Boogie and Tonka come back. I think they have eligibility. Uh, Elijah Davis is what we think he is. T.J. Sanders is what we think he is. Nick Barrett is what we think he is. Xavier McLeod plays really well. And then one of the three that are left from that other class. Uh, and then you got Xavier and Hardy in junior college coming back, maybe add a portal guy. And then you, you got to do everything you can to sign Amari Adams and, and whoever else you can in 2025. Uh, it, it's not a death sentence for that position if they strike out on some guys, you always want as many as you can get on D line. It does not matter. You know, no. you know, I'd oversign at that position. I mean, Clemson, look at Clemson. 
they oversign, oversign. I mean, they, they, they will sign D tackles night and, you know, all day long. And they should. <laughs> Everybody mm. should. Uh, but, you know, if, uh, if, if things don't go well this, this cycle, and, um, you know, you, you just got to, you got to kind of hope for the state to kind of replenish its stock. And, and, you know, and that's, it's, it's disappointing in a way because I think South Carolina under Beamer has found other places to go recruit and sign guys. There's just certain positions that they've come up short at. Now, somebody asked me today, should people be worried about Travian Robertson and his recruiting? Travian's only been here a month. Okay. Um, and you know, he came in at a weird time, right? Jimmy Lindsay had spent 18 months building relationships with a lot of these guys. Uh, so I don't think it's fair to judge him right now as far as recruiting goes, because I don't know what the expectation was. Number two was, you know, trading is thrown to the fire and, and three of the guys that they had, had circled, uh, I think all went to Georgia. <laughs> I mean, I don't know, man. You know? Uh, yeah, that's that's the thing is like, it's, you know, you're, you're not – it still sucks to lose recruits and players. Well, But, yeah. I mean, look what you're and up I'll against. I'll be honest. When Oboko, uh, the kid from North Carolina, went with Georgia, you know, I, I Justin Green, once they offered him, he was staying home. You know, Jordan Thomas, yeah, he's got family in Columbia, but, heck, he's from New Jersey. It's Georgia. I mean, Georgia – tends to rip the heart out of the Gamecocks when a kid has connections to South Carolina. Yeah. Christian Robinson comes to mind. You know, Channing Tindall comes to mind. Uh, you know, if there's a school that can do it, it it's usually Georgia. Um, and so I, that was tough. But, hey, look, it is what it is. It's Georgia. That kid, though, Aboko, I think is his name, that's the type of kid that – if you're South Carolina, man, you're like, wow. He's only played ball for two years. He's 330 pounds. He moves around like a panther. You have him. You know, he, you're leading. He goes to Florida. You're still trucking right along. And then, boom, Georgia just decides they want him. And they get him. Yeah. And what are you going to do? Well, what are you going to yes. do? What? So that's the thing. He's a kid there, from so. Germany, right? That's what it was. Like he, like his family came from Germany. Yeah. yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. so it was, it, it was one of those things. Clint asked about the kid from New Orleans that Travian knows from Tulane. Yeah, that's another possibility. I haven't read much about him. Um, hmm. you know, we'll see sort of uh, what happens right there. You know, I, I think a big, a big thing to look for with Travian this year, and what I'm looking forward to seeing is to be honest, guys, I, I think a lot of these players that, that South Carolina has on the defensive front can play better. Have Do I think they've played bad? No. I'd be an idiot if I said, well, Taka Hemingway has, not, has played bad. No, he hasn't played bad. Uh, when Boogie's been healthy, he hasn't played bad. T.J. Sanders hasn't played bad. I think they could play even better, though, and that's what I'm looking forward to seeing. Like, How does Travian coach him up? Because if he coaches him up like Coach Lawing did, which I expect, Lawing was more of a constant movement guy. Like if you ever watch practice, his kids were always moving. Trust me, I almost got dizzy one day. Like, 
watching them practice. I used to watch Springer had every spring practice open. So I got my fill of Brad Law and coaching. That dude was just constantly boom, boom, boom. Do it again, do it again, do it again, do it again. And if that's how Travian coaches, I that's a different style than what Jimmy Lindsay did. I sort of kind of kind of sort of sort of think that, you know, those guys will improve. And then you got the three, DeAndre Martin, um, uh, she was the kid from Miami, DeAndre Martin, and you got uh, Felix Hickson, and then Jamal Weish. That's the kid from Miami. Uh, if he can maximize those guys, you know, because right now they're—I don't know—I don't want to say they're behind, but you know, th- there's not like this hope that those guys are going to turn into dominant SEC players. They're more role players at this point. You need role players on the roster. Don't get me wrong, but uh, I. You know, can he get those guys leveled up? Can he get those? Can he take those guys and get the absolute most out of them, like his mentor did? Um, and I think you know that we'll see. So that's what I'm looking forward to seeing from him. I'm not going to sit here and jump off the bridge about Travian Robertson uh, losing kids to Georgia that he's been recruiting a month uh, in the NIL climate. I'm just not. Yeah. Uh, and you know, so there's no no way to, uh, you know, there, there's no way I'm going to do that. I, I'm I'm kind of going to look at that higher and say, okay, who has he gotten significantly better? Uh, and I think there's a chance that a lot of the interior. And keep in mind too, he's not coaching the ends; he's coaching the interior. Uh, so uh, I, I think some of those guys on the interior have played well, and I think they can play even better under him. And they're, they're still somewhat young, you know, that everybody, I don't Phil, I don't think, I don't, I mean, Tonka and Boogie Hemingway, obviously they could go, they could go pro after this year because they've been there long enough, but I, I don't, I think they both have a year of eligibility left beyond 2023. I know Sanders and Barrett definitely do. And I know the younger guys do. And I know Elijah Davis has at least two years. So, and Elijah's one of those guys, you can kind of use him in, I don't want to say a Melvin Ingram role because that when you say Melvin Ingram, that brings Melvin Ingram style expectations. And there's as much as there was only one clowny, there really was only one Melvin Ingram. Yeah. <laughs> uh, somebody put the the clip of him running that fake punt against Georgia. Up. I mean, dude, you know how fast that guy was going? God, man, he was trucking it. Trucking. I, was like, I was like, whoa, dog. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I think, uh, I do think, uh, you know, I, I do think when you look at it, you know, Elijah can be used in that kind of role. In other words, a bigger guy can place him in, can slide inside, rush the passer, kind of like Brad used used Melvin, but uh, when 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 he was there, and I and I like what I saw out of Elijah. Keep in mind, Elijah Davis is the number one defensive line uh, prospect in the junior college ranks in the country, if if you want to go by rankings. But uh, so I think they'll be fine. But I'm. I'm kind of looking at it like that. Craig says you got to stay healthy on the D line, yes, because you got to rotate guys in and out. Hey, and don't forget about Xavier McLeod. Xavier McLeod, Xavier McLeod did. Let's just say he did not have the best start to his senior year of high school. But time passed, and he and the proverbial light comes on, and and he ended up being Mister Football, I think, in the state of South Carolina, dominant. Yeah, and I thought he looked. Yeah, I think he had a really good spring, and I think he really looked good in the spring game for a freshman. And keep in mind, he's six five, three twenty, and he also runs around like a panther. 
So he's got got good feet and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I, I think health. I think health across the board is going to be important for this team, um, as it is every single year. So that's the deal there. But um, yeah, Clint says McLeod has the potential to be the best DT we've had in many many years. Yeah, the size, the athleticism, and now that that his his trajectory is pointing more up. I couldn't always say that when he was in high school. But it's pointing up now. You know, I, I think Xavier is, is one to watch. But just don't forget about him. Um, so, so, like I'm saying, yeah, would it have been great to have Jordan Thomas and Justin Green and, and Aboka? Those three guys go to Georgia? Heck, yeah, it would have been. Yeah, you know, don't, been don't great. get me wrong. <laughs> yeah, uh, the blind Squirrel's in here. I'm going to tell you right now, Blind Squirrel, those guys are all going to be players, especially Oboko. You gave Oboko a couple of years in that in that program. Or as Will Muschamp likes to say, the program. Program. The program. Give him this program. Be, it could be another He's Jordan be putting Davis his face right in that fan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Contrell's asking if they can get Terry and Ingram Dawkins to transfer back to Carolina. If it hadn't happened by now, man. Yeah. <laughs> there's always – that every year I have some friends – there's rumors in Gaffney every year, you know, about that. Mm-hmm. But uh, – I think maybe that window was was previously, you know. Yeah. Uh, Saunders says program league sometimes miss the must champisms. Yeah, no. Doubt. I don't know, man. I always enjoyed listening to his press conference. Nobody else did. Uh, I like it too because I'm like you. I, I like listening to the ball talk, you know, when he would just kind of talk, he yeah, would yeah. go down these rabbit holes of just like it, talking about plays and scheme, and I'm he like, would inten- right, yeah, intentionally talk <laughs> over everybody's head to avoid answering questions, right? <laughs> <laughs> and nobody realized he's doing it, and it's like, uh, 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 you know, the vertical field position and the and the. You know, <laughs> Yeah, now there's certain things about that that is like I'm glad we don't hear anymore. But yeah, the, yeah, the, I think Beamer, you know, and, and for a fan base that was used to Steve Spurrier, you know, <laughs> um, hey, coach. Uh, so what, uh, you know, what's going on, coach? You know, uh, with this guy's leg? Oh yeah, you shoot. You know, he's he's hobbling around out there. I don't know if he's gonna <laughs> play or not. We'll let you know though. We'll let you know. Shoot, we don't want to give away all our secrets, do we? <laughs> but Spurrier would never talk scheme. If you ever ask anything no. Spurrier about scheme or cover two or anything like that, he'd clam up. Uh, well, uh, he, uh, you know, not that he didn't know because the guy could get on the chalkboard. I mean, really didn't even have to get on the chalkboard. He could go out in the yard <laughs> and dial up <laughs> ball plays against your defense, mm-hmm. and it didn't matter. Yeah, this is Clint's like, he got bonked on the head. Shoot. He got bonked on the head? Yeah. <laughs> Love that. Sonder that- said he was surprised with how well-spoken Lance Thompson was. Not not me, but I know Lance. And Lance <laughs> is a great guy. I mean, that's all I'll say. Lance, sometimes coaches do better at certain places, and when they get to other places that aren't like those certain places, they kind of go through some shock for a while. <laughs> And that's what happened to Lance, and, and that's okay, you know. Lance, uh, Lance, a good guy. He's a really good guy. Uh, we had, a, I have a sense in your voice that we need to get to a break. 
It is about time for a break, sir. Let's hit this final yeah. break and we'll come back and wrap this day up. Put a before, nice little bow right. on it. So before you get up for that final snack, I want you to know we'll be right back. Ha! Hey, Gamecock fans. It's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox. You heard Evan Stone Gamecock fans 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com. If you're in the upstate of South Carolina and are in need of residential real estate services, Cindy Bass Searfoss of Caldwell Banker Kane is for you. Ask her about the village at Creekside, all of her listings in my hometown of Spartanburg, South Carolina, right there on Daniel Morgan Avenue, married to a lifelong Gamecock fan. And many of our listeners have already bought homes from her and been 100% satisfied with the detail and care she uses. Cindy Searfoss, 864 864- 414-5271, Caldwell Banker Kane in the upstate for your real estate needs. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock owned. Gamecock operated. The preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics is Signorama Columbia, and they should be yours too. A full-service sign company that handles design, production, install, and service, Signorama Columbia has helped to bring to life the perfect vision for so many all across South Carolina. Owned and operated by proud Gamecock alumni, they can handle all types of signage, including interior and exterior, vehicle graphics, and more. Go to Signorama.com and find the West Columbia location, or call them at 803-407-9284. Bring your brand to life with Signorama. Columbia and go Gamecocks. everybody welcome back inside the Gamecocks the show final segment of the show on Tuesday this July 11 7 11 wonder if they give out free slurpees today at 7 11 might have to stop by and see mm. <laughs> they should you if they the, don't they're missing an opportunity here speedway merged with 7 11 oh and there's a bunch of speed I go to the speedway when I go to the gas station so I get, keep up with they actually have fresh brewed iced tea really it's a big gulp Ice tea at the speedway. You know, Jack in the Box does not serve fresh brewed sweet tea anymore. Ah, let's go ahead and close it down. Might as well. I don't go there anymore. Hey, because I have beef I with the whole Coca Cola freestyle machines or whatever they are, because I don't want my Coke to taste like 
the syrup of the last person who used the machine. Can't stand that. So I so places I know use those machines, I go to sweet tea option, obviously, being a good Southern boy. And uh, they don't even do sweet tea there anymore. It's views or fuse or whatever it is that Coke oh. makes. It comes out of the same damn machine. I'm like, this isn't sweet tea. <laughs> Dude, that's disgusting. Yeah, it's awful. It's terrible. Uh, and actually, Clint, I drink unsweet tea. I uh, I know that's unsouthern of me. It got too sweet for me back way, 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 like in the early 2000s. And uh, my first wife, her family was from up north. And so they, they kind of did unsweet tea with sweet and low, which I know is probably pretty good for me, right? Sweet and low. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And so I was like, I ditched the sweet and low, and I was like, uh, I just go straight unsweet now. It's good. I like it. Yeah. I, mean, I guess I it's, a, it's an accord. But it has to be fresh brewed. None of this crap you get out of the machine. No. Uh, no, no, no. Quantrill's is no jack-in-the-box slander. That was a staple at Sparber Methodist right by Westgate Mall. Look, I've been off jack-in-the-box, and then when I lived in Greenville from, gosh, when was it, 15 to 19? I kind of got into it because the breakfast jack and they were open 24 hours. And I, I like to get the let like, okay, here so they have the little egg rolls, right? You mm-hmm. Bite the head. Of, you bite the head off the egg roll. Like, like, I don't know who's seen V the final battle. You remember when the alien chick bit the head no. off the parrot? <laughs> That's kind of what you do. <laughs> but then you take your soy sauce. That's which right. You previously mm-hmm. open, dump it into the dang egg roll and eat it. It's delicious. So I like doing that. And I like the breakfast jack and some other stuff, right? Yeah. And I like jack and I'm, I'm the only one around the house usually that will eat it, but I but I, it, I don't now because no I can't get a anymore. decent freaking drink. I can't, I I can't no get use. a good drink. There's no <laughs> use. I have no use. None. They can take their egg rolls and shut. Hey, I'm, a, I'm about to be married to a Thai person. I can make, I can get egg rolls. Yeah, you can get egg rolls. Yeah. <laughs> The good Jonah, stuff. I can get you an egg roll. I can get you. I get you an egg roll. I get you an egg roll by three p.m. Phil, right. you want an egg roll? <laughs> <laughs> Craiger says y'all have seen some damn movies. Actually, V was a mini series. That was yeah, <laughs> mini series. V, the final battle. Um, Xavier says Jimmy Johns and Red Robin both have tea, sweet tea all the way in the Pacific Northwest. Xavier, that's awesome. Yeah, I found most places in Chicago. I don't even. I don't ask for sweet, or, uh, unsweet. Most places up here have brewed unsweet tea. There, a few of your beef sandwich joints don't. But man, it is like the the drinks in those places. It's like one of them had Mister Mister Beef. By the way, Mister Beef. Mister That's what they called it. Had an RC cola machine. <laughs> Fountains, really? Fountain <laughs> RC, Fountain RC, RC Diet RC, and whatever the Sprite is. Like Did they offer quench. the cheer wine? Lemon quench, nah. Cheer wine's not even nah. available. It's only a Carolina's thing. Mm-hmm. But man, like, yeah, the the Mister Beef, right? The famous Mister Beef, RC Cola, Diet RC, and then Lemon Quench, which lemon is basically. <laughs> squirt or whatever. <laughs> like, y'all ain't got no diet right, man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
So, oh man, that was a staple uh, growing up. Ugh, he diet right. Well, my dad drank the hell out of diet right. Man, um, that was that was my parents were all about that life. Mm-hmm. But uh, anyway, John asked, "Do we remember the taco Sid and Casey? You go there and get a million tacos for nothing, and it seemed like indigestion." <laughs> Yeah, I'm with you. <laughs> I, uh, Craig was like, y'all got to mix in some water. Oh, don't worry, Craig. I like, drink a lot of water. I drink a lot of water at home. Clint says, tab. Oh, tab. <laughs> Marty Sherbert, now Marty Sherbert Bonenberger. Marty Sherbert at the time would also drink the hell out of tab. That yeah. was before they discovered Diet Right, which was cheaper. Which, oh, yeah, right. Like, you want to go cheaper than Tab? Okay, let's do I that. remember Tab and Fresca being, you know, staples around the house growing up. St- Fresca. Tab and Fresca. All right. So, Sid Smith, S-Y-D Smith, one of the, <laughs> the early Gamecocks, Back born in Smith, Smithville, South Carolina, broke in with the Philadelphia Athletics. So, that's... So the, the the A's are about to be on their fourth city, Las Vegas. This was back in Philly. This was city number one. Then they went to Kansas City, then Oakland, now Vegas. Uh, he had 128 at bats in 1908 for the Athletics. Eight hits, hit 203. Old Sid didn't do so swift. Nah. Uh, in uh, kind of a banner year, Phil in in 20. Uh, in 1911 with the Cleveland Naps. I don't know what, what they became. Yeah, he uh, he had 50, 154 at-bats, 46 hits. He hit 299 with a homer and 21 ribbies. Uh, first baseman, he was a catcher and a center fielder for one game with the Athletics in 08. But uh, old Sid Smith from Smithville. <laughs> there you go. Uh, Apparently, old yeah. Shoeless Joe played with the Naps in 1911. There's <laughs> an infamous South Carolinian, right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Put him in the hall. <laughs> put him in the hall. He didn't put him in the hall. He didn't have anything to do with it. <laughs> they will come, Ray. They will come. They will come. That's right. Baseball. For all the years, baseball. I can't do a James Earl Jones. Uh, Sonner says the A Stadium is going to be something to witness. That part of the stadium already has a major parking problems at another pro sports venue. That's going to be interesting. That part of the strip. Yeah, I guess they're going to tear down Tropicana, which uh, one of my ex-girlfriends, that was kind of our last date, was to Vegas. Stayed in Tropicana. That's so a Tropicana. I'm not, that. I'm not sad to see that place explode. Uh, mm-hmm. nevertheless, let's just play baseball there. Right. But yeah, you're right. I mean, that's Mandalay Bay. That's, that's where the new Raider stadium is and all that. I don't, I don't know how you're supposed to park, but then again, I don't know how you're supposed to park on the Las Vegas strip to begin with. I've never had to worry about that there. I don't think. How's public Maybe. transportation out there? Was it buses or you do yeah, taxis? Uber, or Uber? Uber taxi. Yeah. Occasionally. If I'm feeling spunky, depending on how many cocktails I had on the way out, I get a limo. Ah, yeah, there you go. Last time I went, I haven't I haven't been to Vegas since summer of 2014. Uh, 
went to see Guns N' Roses with Ryan Bartow. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, and I got, a, I got, I got me a little limo on the way to the, to the, the, uh, the rooftop party we were going to the night before, but, uh, that's, I, I usually take, I used to take taxis. I, Uber, man, I don't even know if they had a whole lot of Uber when I, you know, since I've been out there. <laughs> so, you know, Saunders says they had, they told everybody there they had to find new jobs. That, that would suck if you worked at the Tropicana your whole life. Or for right. a long portion of your career. That's sad day. Sad day. Anyway. So anyway, old Sid Smith, yeah. Uh, looking back on the ancient Gamecock baseball major league history. Oh, well, here's a dude, Fritz von Klonitz. Klonitz. Fritz? He, he got a cup of coffee. Well, he, he also played for the College of Charleston. I guess he was at the transfer portal. In uh, 1913. <laughs> <laughs> the original. <laughs> it's the first transfer portal. <laughs> he played for the White Sox his, his, uh, his final season in 1916. Uh, hit 227. <laughs> Fritz von Kolnitz. Kolnitz. Oh. Fritz von Kolnitz. Mm. He stole four bases for the Reds in 1940. Ah, where's this show going? This this is not. This we have we have evolved into just a, a, yeah. a sleepy Tuesday. Yeah, <laughs> hey, look, into I, a I know I got all Tuesday. fired up earlier, and all. I, I apologize for that. I just uh, yeah. That's <sighs> covering recruiting sometimes will will, will drive you batty because everybody wants answers and. <laughs> Um, Xavier goes fire just fire step, step. <laughs> he's just sticking that needle in man man anyway folks we'll be back tomorrow uh lots of uh further sports talk here appreciate all you guys joining us. Joseph does ask if Northwestern has any players that could land in South Carolina physical on D. Yeah, I just, I haven't gotten that far. I need to ask some people about it. Um, Bill says Guns N' Roses is going to be at the Spectre Cinema in Charlotte the Tuesday before the North Carolina game. Oh, we can make a week of it. I may have to change my flight. <laughs> For real, though. I mean, seriously. I know. I know you. That's awesome. You know me. <laughs> All right, for Phil Mullinax, J.C. Sherber, Jamie Bradford, we'll be back tomorrow. Uh, we appreciate you guys joining us here on Inside the Game Cox the Show. We'll holla at you soon.